This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Just, just ready to go. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're just getting into it. I, I, there's no way not to. I mean, we don't even no. need to do an intro today. Like, guys, yeah, we're here. Like, you guys know who here. we are. This is, this was not, not, it's not the reason for this podcast, but since the very beginning of this podcast, you were like, at some point we have to cover Surface. Yeah, no, this has been, I've been talking about Surface yeah. pretty much nonstop since 2007. This isn't like, if, if you know me, I have at some point and you're like, I, it's I think true. I told you, I met, I met the Carter Jenkins who plays Miles at a party in yeah. 2019 or 20, no, 20. Yeah, 2019, mm-hmm. and like was there with my boyfriend. It was an Academy Awards party, <laughs> and I keep staring at this very tall, good-looking guy, being like, "How do I know this man? I know I've never gone on a date with him before." Like, which is normally the process of elimination for me. It's like, how do I know him? Did he go to bar trivia that I used to host, or yeah. have I seen him on a dating app for the last ten years? And I was like, "It's neither of sure. those things." How do I know this guy? And then finally, like in the middle of a conversation, my boyfriend is having with this guy who he clearly knows through friends. I'm like, yeah. "Wait, were you on the television show Surface?" <laughs> okay, so your boyfriend was talking to Car, like he knows Dean, Carter Jenkins. Dean knew, friends. yeah, Dean like knew it was Dean, and he knew like he had been to like Carter. It was a mutual friend, so you know, it was a bunch of like LA local adjacently yeah. entertainment. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and I just fully interrupted Dean's entire conversation and was like, I'm so sorry. I've been staring at you just intensely because I've been trying to figure out how I know you. Were you on surface? And I've never seen someone look so bewildered to be identified. I am, I'm Googling him now to see adult him. I mean, he looks like the same. Shit. Yeah, like it's, it's weird how the same he looks and how like, Hot he oh is. yeah, no, he's like, super hot. He's, he's a total cutie in the show, and he's young. Like, like I'm not like, yeah. let's make this kid sexy, but like, like it's 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 surprising to see the very like adult hot version of the exact child face. Yeah, that I have not once considered as anything in that category that in the entirety of so watching Surface. Because like, wow. especially when yeah. the only memory you have of Miles is like, man, that kid was annoying. And then suddenly you're standing across from a guy who's like six foot two. I mean, everyone's wow. six feet tall to me anyway, but I just remember sure. like he was very tall. And I'm like, who is this very tall, handsome man who is just pinging something in my brain? Like something so deep. And the, the the jaw is very square. Yeah. The lips are very full. This is a good looking adult. Carter, like, he grew into the kind of guy who would have been on an Abercrombie catalog back in the yeah. early 2000s. Like he just has that look now. He really did. Yeah. Good for Carter. Yeah. Yeah. No, just like grew up into. But yeah, he he does really look like Miles. Like when you see yeah. him, really, there's no question. You know, nope, there's no not like, at all. Oh, like, wow, look, that's who he grew up to. Yeah, like I, the, I don't know why it's surprising what a meld of grown up and child this face is. Like, huh? Well, look at that. Yeah, well, it's a thing of like you don't always expect people to have their full adult face when they're fourteen, and some of us no. do. 
Like, no. I look the same as I did when I was 14. I just look. I look the same yeah. as I did when I was, like, three. Exactly. Some people yeah. just have their adult face. Um, and you just don't expect, because his face was so childlike in the show. You don't expect yeah. it to grow into an adult that translates so easily. But it does. And that's the thing. It's like, my face didn't necessarily grow into an adult face. I just have a child's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like, preternaturally, like, in the way that, like, Selena Gomez looks like a little doll of a person. Yeah. Like, I just look like, I just, I just, I'm still looking like I could be in high school. Yeah, you've got that sort of, like. This adult Carter Jenkins does not look like he could be in high school. And yet he looks like high school-age Carter Jenkins. It's weird. Yeah, well, he looks like what would happen if the CW cast Carter Jenkins to play a teenager now. (laughs) Yeah. That is it. Like, he does, he looks like. This is a CW adult. Yeah, he looks. this Carter Jenkins paired with mm-hmm. Caitlyn makes sense. That, yeah, that is Caitlin age appropriate. That, of that time. Yeah, that like if you pair this then, current Carter, Carter Jenkins now. with, yeah, the love interest that he had in 2007, now you're like, yeah, that's age appropriate. Because he looks Finally. like such a child and she looks like such an adult. I, I, this is, this was because, uh, because this, I, I have heard about the show from you for so long. It was the same thing as watching the last episode of this was the same thing, the same feeling as when I finally watched Veronica Mars Mm. as like a late 20 something, early 30 something. And then it ended and I was suddenly like, this is what they sent you guys out on? Yeah. Like, this is what the marshmallows had had to let go with? No wonder you guys have been obsessed for years. And like the end of this, it's like, fuck, we were... We were cut. We were not like we were just getting to the good stuff, but we were about to get something cool. They were going to the like Marianas this trench. My version of this is Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were about to like. We were about to get so much more Cameron. We were like the next season was gonna like. You knew we were gonna open up and meet like real life avatar for the Cameron Terminator. We were probably going to go to the post apocalypse. Yeah. And it was and like Shirley Manson was a fucking liquid metal terminator at the end of the second season of that show. It was like we are about to break this world wide open, canceled. Yeah. And that's been my it could term cuz besides T1 and 2, the best terminator that came after any of those until Dark Fate, my favorite terminator. Right, was the Sarah Connor. Yes, terminator the Sarah Connor yeah. Chronicles. An excellent show. Lena Headey, phenomenal. Yeah. Busy Phillips appears at one point as the most pregnant person that has ever existed. Amazing. One of, it's certain, you know, I'm sorry, certain I can't, just, I can't like, process Busy Phillips in the Terminator universe. That's... She, she's like renting a house out. She has no idea who they are. She's totally a busy character. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. She's not tactical in any way. Amazing, yeah. She's like, she's like pregnant with, it's gotta be Bird, given the timeline. Right. And just like at month eight or nine. And her character is, like, being sweaty and pregnant and being like, whoo, tired today. Like, that is, like, the landlord character. Amazing. Who, like, okay. finally is a human connection for the Connor family. Okay, great. Because, yeah, otherwise I was going to say, like, Busy Phillips has has never seen a robot apocalypse face in the same no. way that, like, Jessica Biel has never lived without an, an iPhone face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like, there's just love busy phillips could not fathom a world in which busy phillips is familiar with the term robot apocalypse no no and in the in this show about one she is not either great okay good you can like she's going in the blast she's going in the she's going in judgment day like that's she's the you know could be the one holding on to the fence in the in the 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 nuclear explosion scene oh my god 
Yeah, that see that shouts out in to that they just gotta say shouts out Barbenheimer to the coming nuclear apocalypse weekend in cinema that we're about to have. Every bit of information I get from each of these two shows of these two movies, every single bit of information I've gotten has been more and more just making me go, okay. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm stoked for Barbie, but I'm still like every time I get more information, I'm just like, what? I don't I, know this, what if I need what, this. What? Not that you're not that you're gonna have opportunities that come along much like mm-hmm. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer, but uh, clearly, I think what this is like part of what peop- the people want and need to like embrace the theatrical experience again. Clearly, they need novelty doubles that they can do in the same day. Apparently, people are doing Barbenheimer. I'm doing Barbenheimer. Like this is, I'm sure this is a very internet thing. Like, yeah, sure I don't think it, this is very internet. Thing. I don't think anybody who's not on a coast is doing Barbenheimer. Right, right. But, but like, I like give give me the Middle America Barbenheimer double. Like, yeah. put out fucking Dead Reckoning and Fast X in the same weekend. Yeah, like Fast Reckoning, and we're all going. Like, give like this is. Put people who get people to want to stay in a theater for six straight fucking hours. That's how, so they can just say they did it. They need to start doing, they need to do a Barbenheimer coupon code so that, like, for buying two tickets instead of being $40, it's like $35. Exactly. Incentivize it. Do a Barb, do it. This is, this is, like, listen, Alamo is like, we will bring food to your table. Yeah. And then some I picks is like we look like a hotel inside, and like the studios need to stop competing with each other. Yes. They need to start cooperating exactly. with each other. Synergy. That's the thing. That's I mean, like I I appreciate that they that there does seem to be like with Barbenheimer that there does seem to be an enthusiasm from both sides as well of them both being there like, does. no, we're into this. Everyone go see both of our like love that love that vibe, love that energy, love that no one is pulling a. Billy Eichner and diminishing other things. Like, love it. I think it's great. I hope we see Ryan Gosling in a Barbenheimer tea at some point. Like, him and Gillian Murphy next to each other in Barbenheimer tea. I want want Ryan Gosling dressed as Oppenheimer and Gillian Murphy dressed as Ken is my dream, but yeah. That sounds so sexy. Wouldn't that be fantastic? So well with, with, with Murphy's blue eyes. I mean, come on. Let let Murphy be like sociopath Ken. Just yeah, let him, let him let him have that kind of fun. Let him do that he's been for just once. Beating people to death on Peaky Blinders for years, and now he's J. Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah, and apparently like, Hanging Dong, which I'm not sure. In this movie, you didn't. This is the newest release. The newest, like this is. The, I don't know why we needed Robert Oppenheimer's penis. There but, is a yeah. Uh, what's it, t- okay. um. Nolan basically was like, I, he said, I've done, he, he, he was like, this is my most love centric film. And apparently Florence and Killian are both just full frontal at mess. And they like that. It was released that they are full frontal for their love scene. Amazing. I mean, like we know Flo has been in a free the nipples phase, which love it. She has been. Like great. And I hope that, I hope it was such like a, I hope it was such a safe and respectful set. That she was like, this has, like, because clearly this was filmed a while ago. That she's like, I am so tapped into this now. Like, I want to be out here in sheer dresses. Yeah. Like, this is this has opened up a new era in my life. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. We're going to get it in 70 millimeter, ladies and gentlemen. Killing Murphy's penis is going to be four feet long. And it's just going to be I, too I much. I cannot believe, I cannot believe 
the Oppenheimer movie yeah. will likely be giving us more nudity than Barbie. Uh, I mean, I can. Not that I expected, like, fucking hard R Barbie. Like, well, that's not here, what I'm thing, saying. I, like, I assume, here's the one thing I have to assume is going to happen in Barbie is that there is going to be a joke of Ken in the real world looking in his pants and being like, oh my God, what's in my pants? Yeah. Or it's like, if we could get full frontal gosling, but he is just smooth blast. Right. I think either one of those things would be like, amazing <laughs> yeah i don't think i i think there's a draft probably somewhere that has the joke of the full frontal mm-hmm. um but i i yeah i assume that there's gonna be the like oh my god i have a penis now joke yeah what is this yeah i didn't know i like because obviously the great thing that the trailer sets up when ken's like i want to stay over yeah. tonight and barbie's just like why, why? <laughs> and he's like i have no idea like it's God, I can't wait. I'm so excited for Barbie. I know. It's... And look at it. Like, we have to have... We have to look forward to things because now Surface is over again for you, Yeah, yeah. Damn it! It's... I I felt it all anew. It was funny because, like, it's... I mean, I haven't watched the series finale. I haven't revisited the show in a very long time. I think I watched, like, the first half of the show maybe back in, like, 2010 or something. I rewatched it. I haven't watched it in ages because, like, why would you? Why would I revisit a show where I know that there's no, like, now having watched it, I'm like, no, I probably should have just been rewatching this once every two years. It brings me so much joy. (laughs) Um, But, and so it goes fast. It goes fast. And it was that thing, though, where as I was watching, I was like, oh my God, this is, I remember, why do I remember at the end Lake Bell with water everywhere? And so, like, then (laughs) it was fun to relive and be like, oh, right, I've watched this before. I love that it, in the end, f- f- Miles and Caitlin, I don't care. But like, I, I appreciate that Caitlin's dad was like, whatever, his family is fine. Which, yeah. no, they're not. Nothing about their no, family is no fine. No, fine. It was the most leisurely evacuation I've ever seen in my life. I was gonna, the slowness with which, because like, we get, they get the information when the mob goes to Miles' house to kill him. Yeah. And the cops are like, there's a tsunami. Everyone runs. And then apparently spends the next six hours Doing nothing to get out of Dodge. Listen. Nothing. This is the miracle of the time before binging. Because you could, with a week to week, be like, I don't recall that this happened. Like, watching them (laughs) back to back, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Savannah's missing because she had to go film. Savannah is gone. gone. Assuming she's in New York at that point filming Gossip Girl. I was going to say, in my head, I was like, clearly Leighton had a job to do. Yeah, she she had her pilot lined up. So she had to go do that. So all of a sudden, you know, Savannah goes from being the person in the house, being like there's a mob outside, to Savannah's just missing in the season finale. Savannah, Savannah's driving somewhere else. And what a perfect, what a perfect thing for those parents to have done. Yeah. To have been like, you take the car and head out. We'll just catch up to you. It's like, of course they did. Yeah. Of course they fucking did. She's just I like Savannah out with was friends like friends or something. I hope Savannah knew that. Their, her family was going to dilly-dally the fuck around for however long and was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I hope Savannah knew, and because she has taken charge of her own life and is raising herself in that house, that she was like, gotta save my own ass, time to leave. Yeah. No, I think this is absolutely the start of Savannah going low contact with her family. <laughs> yeah. This is This marks the beginning of that. Because I, I, I mean, watching they are just like taking their sweet time piecemealing their belongings together this is a grab enough clothes for a few days and we're getting in the car five minutes after we are told this news yeah because the entire seaboard is going to be attempting to exit inland we gotta go now like grabbing clothes they're fucking rich people yes don't even grab clothes go straight to a bridge or a ferry and get the 
fuck out of here. The mom is just like sadly putting one individual frame of photos at, at her purse at a time. I was just like, my God. Yes, this is not. And then very slowly, man, like Miles figuring out that they can take the gas out of the other car and put it into the car. But then like no one, there's just no multitasking happening. No. And it really, like, as somebody who has spent a disproportionate amount of time thinking about what do I do in each emergency, yeah. including the other day texting someone being like, would you, what would you do during a, during an alien invasion? I'm thinking I would steal a boat. Yeah. And then being like, I need to learn how to hotwire a boat because that's going to be the best escape plan during an alien invasion is a boat. Yeah. It just, I think that's a good idea. Thank you. I think I, I put yeah. some thought into it on Independence Day and that's where I landed. Um, so yeah, what, it seems like like if it seems like the aliens would unless they were sea based, they would be a landfall invasion, right. and they would if they were interested in us at all, they'd be population centers. So exactly, ocean. Well, that's and that's my thinking was that like the ocean is ocean's really big, boat is really small. It's a very needle in a haystack situation, so mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard for them to find me to begin with. I can do two to three days out at sea, and then presumably like dock somewhere where I can get a little bit more into wilderness and then mm-hmm. go back on land there. So that was kind yeah. of the thought process on it. Like get up to Half Moon Bay-ish area and then yeah. I'll be like, okay, fine, I can get inland. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. But but my point is, is that watching Miles's family just have the most leisurely and like not take extra gas, everything about it stressed me out. they're on an island and it's like there's no urgency to get off something with finite exit routes Mm -hmm. like not even not even like you know there are only so many roads on the mainland there's a fucking ferry at a certain point you can just hoof it and be like we're leaving you're on an island you're gonna swim to the mainland with a tsunami coming well we find out they had a fucking boat they could have just taken a boat to the ferry instead of which we they the whole time yeah as soon as miles is like the boat it's like oh you mean the boat that you should have personally used this entire time and not even fucked with the ferry at all? Yeah. Like, at all? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, are you serious right now? That was, I, and I'd forgotten that they had a boat that Miles stole in the first episode. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. when they brought that back up, and I was like, fuck, that's right. I forgot Miles stole a boat. Most interesting yeah. thing Miles has ever done. Stole a boat. Stole a boat, stole a car. Yeah. Miles, like, I think that as we, like, the further we move I guess, or the, now that we finished the show and I was going to ask you, like, what do you think the show is really about at the end? But like one of the reoccurring themes truly is how much you can get away with if you're just like a moderately good looking white boy. Yeah. It's really shocking. Yeah. Like every the, the lack of consequence. The, the runway the you get. Miles does in this show. Yeah. Wow. And granted, some of that is obviously plot based, but like, yeah, I do feel like some of it is just, well, you know, yeah, that is realistic that there would be a real boys will be boys vibe to everything yeah. he does. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That is absolutely what it is. Yeah. Unbelievable. I just, I, I don't think Savannah would have been given any of the same runway that Miles was given through the course of the show, either from no, the show she's itself, such a good student. Yeah, or from she's, her like, and she's such a squared away soldier. You yeah. know, she was like, "I've got to, I've got to be, I've got to be so buttoned up, otherwise they're gonna be on my ass all the time." And then second child plus like just boy, yeah, and he can just get away with fucking anything, yeah. And like in retrospect, now that we, with what we know now, with the early stuff of Savannah, where the vibe is kind of that Savannah is like this party girl, yeah. In retrospect, I'm like. 
Was she a party girl or was this her one outlet for the fact that she has to spend the rest of her life controlling everything around her because her family yeah. is so incompetent? Yeah. Like, is she a party girl or is That's she a teenager? Be her therapy journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I justice for Savannah, man. Justice for Savannah. I can't believe Caitlin became such a part of the show. I know. There was not I, even a I, mention of Phil at the end of this. Miles didn't ask once, seriously? did Phil's family make it out? Didn't care. You're so right. I was He's so... not asking about the one person yeah. who's been there for him through everything. Yeah. He's like, where's Caitlin? Where's Caitlin? It's like, you've known Caitlin for three days. Yeah. And like, and as, and Caitlin's terrible. And also Caitlin where's Caitlin? Sucks. Probably with her family. Where's Phil? We haven't seen him yeah. in seven episodes. When she's like, I can't get a hold of Miles. I can't get a hold of Miles. It's like, yeah, because phones don't work. Like mm-hmm. he's 14. He's with his family. Yeah. You're 29. You can handle yourself. Like, yeah. the idea that, like, where are the other, like, I get, like, that we're, but this, like, she's going to divert her escape plan on her scooter with diminishing minutes. It's like, I would assume, I would assume that he is with his supervisors, his family, yeah. as very much a minor child, and that they are leaving. And if they're not leaving, you can't get them out of here. Right. So are you going to go die with Miles' family? It was, you know, with the whole scooter thing, you know, it made me think of Deep Impact. And Big time. The difference Big with, di- time. with Deep Impact, the only reason that the scooter sequence works is because specifically he is going back to try to save her because he has ex- he has access to something yes. no one else has. Yes, yes. And unlike Surface, where... Caitlin, her first of all, her father telling her go straight to the like go ahead, go straight to the ferry. At this point, you know what your daughter's gonna do, right? Uh, absolutely. When he's like, I know that look. It's like, yeah, you do. You do. She's not gonna listen. She's to not you. gonna listen to you. What makes you like take send her with an adult? Yeah, and adult like be like, hey, coworker that I'm gonna carry the kick the generators over with. Send him with her. Yeah. Be like, I if you have to stay and do it don't tell your employee like hey stay here and kill yourself be like i need you to escort my daughter to the ferry i will be right behind you i mean because she cannot be trusted yeah it's my cat just runs across things yeah i i it was well i mean look it was i think that we can all agree at this point that the true villain of surface is uh inattentive parenting Oh yeah, I mean that's just lawless. I from from end to end in any of the storylines, every Rich, yeah, Laura, Miles' parents, Caitlin's dad, like yeah. every rung on the parent ladder, failures across broken. the board. I mean, Doctor yep. Laura is it, her son is her roommate. Like, let Absolutely. he knows like, about the her phone own, call. Yeah. The phone call. She's she like gets. She's like, I gotta go save Rich. Uh, so I'm going to fly. And she's right. When she lands in North Carolina and someone's like, they really should have rerouted your plane. There's no fucking way they would have landed a passenger plane in an area where a tsunami is about to make landfall. Yeah, that that does seem wow. like a reason to divert uh, a flight. And they're like, well, they need more passenger planes to get people out. It's like, so they're bringing passenger planes <laughs> people in? <laughs> Do what? How does that fucking help? This is a net zero, man. Like, maybe it was just maybe me? it was an empty plane and it was just Laura on it. And it the whole time just, she was like, this is really strange, but okay. Which would also yeah. like 
would be believable for her. Uh-huh. Like, I would, uh-huh. I could see her not necessarily realizing and being like, I have to get on this plane. They're like, ma'am, this plane is empty. And she'd be like, I yeah. have to get on this plane. And they just decide it's not worth it to fight with the crazy brunette. Yeah, they can't hold the plane anymore. They're like, fucking let her yeah, die, I like, guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because it is, it's very Dr. Laura to not, not see, to be like, that sign can't stop me because I can't read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then to get to the location, be like, why is there an emergency here? I'm confused. Like, I, which, but uh, she can do no wrong in my eyes. She just so makes her. No, it's, it's so just, her. She, it's so her. She's there. She's there for friendship. She's there to say because because Rich has been black bagged. Yeah, and I guess is at the worst company of all time. I named company of all time. Iderdex. Iderdex. And he's in, uh, they put him in a holding cell. They're basically going to leave him to die by the tsunami. Or maybe he'll live because that floor of the facility is meant to withstand the wave. So who yeah. knows? He could come out alive. But they're like, fuck it. Take his chances. And uh, I mean, even so if it survives the tsunami, this dude is just trapped inside of a box for, let's say, two to three days. Yeah. And it's a good chance he's not living. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're leaving him there to rot. Yeah. And because, like, they seem to be abandoning the facility for either employees fleeing or going to the Mariana's truck. Fucking Mariana's, the, the way that unlocked, I have in all caps the core memory that has been unlocked my trauma because I remember when it was like, oh my God, they're going to the Mariana's trench. What the fuck is going to happen next season? I'm never going to yeah. know. That yeah. was one of those moments because like, They're going why? on a monorail. Yes. To the Mariana's trench. Yeah. Big ass monorail, the Mariana's trench from, again, they're in North Carolina. Yeah. So this is tunneling under the continental U.S. I was going to say it's yeah. the wrong coast. Wrong right? coast. Wow. And absolutely. They are, they are going the This opposite. is hollow earth. This is hollow This earth. is what I'm saying. Like, what were be. they going to, what are we, what were we going to learn in the second season about the Marianas Trench that there's fucking monorails going to it? Lake Bell maybe has the the best line for me in the entire series, really, Mm -hmm. when she says they're going to the bottom of the world. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Not not how any reasonable person would ever describe the Marianas Trench, but it is how she would describe that. So and when she is on her way to Rich and just like blowing past traffic, Mm -hmm. going the opposite direction from everyone trying to escape Mm -hmm. and. She like calls and leaves a message for her husband to be like, tell Jesse I love him. And just like the the a message you wouldn't leave for your child. Right. Like it's she's just like, he means quite simply, uh, everything to me. And uh it's like this is a bad card. Like, there's not a tear in her eye. This is not the the great scam of surface. Is that Lake Bell was never his mom. Right. No, Lake this Bell was, was not, never his mother. This was her trying to convey to her roommate how much she's appreciated that he never ate her food and that yep. his rent was always on time. Yeah, because they don't, like, it's not a roommate that she even, they hang out a lot at the apartment. Yeah, they don't but they're do not, stuff together. once that roommate moves out, she's never seeing him again. They're going to talk yeah. about how they're going to have a girl's night and they're never going to do it. And then no. eventually, maybe she'll get invited to his wedding and be put at the single person table. Like Exactly. Like, yeah. that's exactly, that's exactly like the relationship I have like with my roommate. And it's, per, it's a perfect roommate relationship yeah. and I'm so grateful for it. And that is how she interacts with her young son. Yeah, no. And her when her relationship with him is like best case Craigslist roommate scenario. 
And when she is at the end of it, when like Caitlin's like, what happened to my dad? Like they're in a, they've, 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 Miles goes back for Caitlin. The the storylines converge when Rich and Laura are trying to, they've broken out of the facility. They're trying to get in a car to get like flee from the island, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because they're still on an island. And at that moment, that is when Miles, who has gone back to his house to get Caitlin. Swam all driving the way back. Love that Swim he, all the way back. He just believe, Miles, he's part Nim now. Because he's part Nim, dives off of a ferry and then just swims home. Swims home. Not even to the, to the, to the, like the ferry dock, home. Yeah. However far that is. In a timely, like this whole episode is like, it's an hour till the tsunami hits. And he gets home in like 60 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I just, the, the, the fast forward butterfly swim that I imagine he was doing is hilarious yeah. in my head. Yeah, and I I have to believe it's because he's juiced up by being yeah. part creature. Oh, it's now. totally it's his it's his nim powers. I mean, it's it's yeah, yeah like, like he's got to have gills at this point. Oh my God, I was Waterworld. really like, is, <gasps> oh, this is a I was Waterworld like, is this prequel. gonna end? Is this gonna end with like Miles is gonna save Caitlyn because he's gonna like be able to Turn just like her. rescue her in water? Yeah, I thought that's what it was gonna be, and he's gonna be able to like breathe for both of them, kind of thing, yeah. like in. Waterworld when he's like giving her oxygen yeah. underwater. I, I was fully expecting that to happen. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I, I remembered that they all converged at some point, but I couldn't I was like, is there a chance that they are going to ride out a tsunami using Miles's superpowers? And I don't... I, I thought it was either that or I thought Mile, Nim was going to summon the, his adult versions mm-hmm. and they were going to like protect Nim's people. I was like, one of those things is happening. No, no, no. Nim, Nim's, Nim's relatives were all like, "Fuck it, dude. That you're on your own if you're hanging out with him still." Yeah, like you've have been the, given have multiple the big Nims. Have the other Nims rejected Nim? I do mean, we think? just from like a dignity standpoint, after the third time that you get tricked by your human and he tags you, yeah, like the number of times that Nim has trusted Miles and that trust has been betrayed, broken. Yeah. I, I would assume that the other Nims are like, look, you can keep fucking with him, but we're not doing it anymore because, you, yeah. like, you know, when your friend is dating guy, you're like, look, you can keep making this mistake, but I, you know what you're doing at this point. Yeah. Same thing. So I, I, I. It's like, I, like, I support you, but like, I, I'm not, I can't sympathize with you anymore. Yeah. Like, because we, we all know, we all know what happens when you ride this ride. Yeah. So like, it's going to be like, well, I guess your choices have led you here. Okay. I'm, we're not going to help you move out the fourth time. So yep. likewise, <laughs> yeah. all of the Nims are going to come here and be like, well, I mean, look, they were specifically doing this on purpose. Yeah. They are flooding the world on purpose. I don't think that the Nims would at this. I mean, I don't know why. I I don't know why Nim. Nim is the most underwritten character on the show only because I'm like, what? I, I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe he's got ulterior plans. Maybe Nim was supposed to be the big bad. Maybe and Nim now, can I, talk and we're getting a Nim monologue in season two. I think the thing that bothers me most about Miles and Nim is that Miles seems to think that Nim is like dependent on him for survival when it's like, I mean, he can't, he's, like, invincible. Yeah. He regenerates. He's very deadly. And also, like, when mom's, like, Nim will, when his mom says, like, Nim will be fine. It's like, yeah, Nim's literally the only one of you that we will be fine. He's a sea monster. Yeah. They're you his think, other sea monsters. You think a, a coming flood yeah. is going to bother the fucking sea monster? No. Just, like, you guys clearly find each other. Go. And Nim can, like, either follow you or you'll catch up later. Yeah. Because when the wave hits, then he's just going to be in the ocean, which is his home. He'll be fine. He'll, he will be super fine. This is actually not a problem at all. 
for Nim. Yeah. The tsunami. Not a problem at all. Yeah. It's okay. But uh, listen, if Miles ever made a decision based on logic, we wouldn't yeah. be watching Surface. No. And I, 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 so I wish Rich would have punched him one time. Because of, it made so much sense in the car. Because, like, they're racing toward when they realize they're not going to be able to make it off the island. Yeah. Because they try to, Caitlin and Miles go for the boat. But the water has receded because the ocean's pulling it back because the big wave is coming. So they can't take the boat. So he's like, let's go to the drawbridge. It's up. Yeah. It's like it's the high point. Up. Yeah. So if we can get to the highest point, like, let's go do that. They're racing down the streets of this t- of his hometown. And they see Dr. Laura and Rich in the road screaming like, stop, 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 help. And it's funny watching Rich, uh, uh, Miles be like, they're not moving. They're not moving. It's like, Miles, the entire road is empty and you could swerve around. Like, you don't actually have to stay in your lane on an abandoned road. But Miles does not know how to drive. Like, I'm still not. I no. don't know why Caitlin wasn't driving when we textually have evidence that Caitlin has a driver's license. Yeah. Uh, Miles is driving his dad's car for no reason. The only time he's driven otherwise that we've seen is when he stole a car. He's yeah. 14 textually in this show. Yes, yes. There is no reason other than the patriarchy that Miles is driving that car. No reason. And and she, and she it makes total sense that he would be like, we should stop. And Caitlyn would be like, nope. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because Caitlyn's kind of a bitch. Yeah, and Caitlyn probably is like, hit him. Caitlyn would have yeah. done it. Caitlyn, yeah, Caitlyn would not have tried to swerve around. Right. Like, Caitlyn would have been eliminated then. Yeah. So instead, Miles swerves, stalls out the car. Rich chases the car down and pulls Miles out and is, like, going to punch him in the face. And then Laura's like, how old are you? And he tells me he's 14. So they all end up in the car together. That's when they see Nim in the backseat. Dr. Laura's like, oh, my God, you have you fucking have one of those? He's like, you know what these are? So they're on the same page. They get to the church. The wave hits. They're going to the top of it. They're, like, pretty safe from the wave. And that's when they... They, they were told earlier that the, the big nims have sieged Puerto Rico following the wave. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin very helpfully says, like, one of them made a reporter. <laughs> and a, a great little moment, too. Like, because we hadn't gotten, because we've been getting in the first few episodes such good opening cold opens of, like, yeah. the nims are eating people. The nims are eating boats. And we hadn't yeah. gotten a good one for a little while. And then that reporter doing an uh, doing a remote and just getting fully just on camera, just devoured. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thrilled for it. Just like taken out like Al Roker by a hurricane. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. That was, it was great. It was great to see people finally, like, it was weird to see people finally registering that this is happening when the way we've seen the NIMS surface in this show, mm-hmm. it seems very public already. Yeah. Like, I guess this is this is pre-internet ubiquity. This is pre-like cell phone footage. But like, we've seen people seeing the sea monsters for an entire show, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that this is like ripping off the band-aid, because it's like, no, pe- people have seen what's happening. People have seen what's happening. So I don't know why we're meant to be surprised right now. Yeah. Like, oh, it ate a reporter. It's like, yeah. She was on the fucking news talking about these guys like a week ago. She had footage of them at the bottom of the ocean. You guys, they've been on the news. I mean, that's uh, right. That again, that like that national like MSNBC prime time, not yeah, local. Keith Oberman talked Wilmington about affiliate. Yeah, Keith Oberman was like, I think that's CGI. It's we've seen it now. These should be. It should be more widely known. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I, I do. I do fully believe that when Miles, when she was, when that Miles would have zero awareness that this creature he's obsessed with was on the news. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't have been a topic of discussion at the aquarium. 
prior to me. That's a very good point. I feel like that would, at some point, someone in the aquarium would be like, hey, because mm-hmm. someone's, I mean, granted, yes, it's the South, but someone in that aquarium watches MSNBC. Yeah. Someone. And, like, s- someone is abreast yeah. of, like, and, possible massive developments in marine life. And lest you be like, well, it was a different era. Do you know why MSNBC is called MSNBC? Because of MSN.com and when it, they merged. Right. So one of the things with Keith, Keith Urban was one of those er, those few shows that was putting mm-hmm. their clips on the internet and was putting, you yeah. could watch the countdown on MSN.com or on MSNBC.com. Uh-huh. Like they're, so even if they didn't catch the live broadcast, it's gonna, someone at that aquarium should have been aware that there are large nims running around at this point. Someone should have yeah. been. This is, yeah. I mean, this is directly relevant to their area of research. Yeah. It's a possibly, like, world-changing development in their area of research. There wouldn't at least be someone being like, hey, I've got a colleague at such and such place who saw this on the news, and I looked into it, and this is surprising. Right, and but, and again, but that's why, you know, going back, we haven't mentioned the term reality index in a while, but I think this is, like, yeah. a great place to be like, yeah, this is why reality index doesn't speak to whether or not the reality of the logic of the show makes sense because this show has no internal logic for the most part. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah, the reality of the world is that yes, somebody from there should have known about it. Reality index wise, I fully believe that not a single person in this world is aware of the sea monsters because everyone in this world is so fucking stupid about things like everyone is so compartmentalized in a way that's like do people even have rotary phones yeah so that's why i'm like you know what i it bothers me in the sense that it's poorly written and like that's why this was never a lost level show that's why the show was like there were there were a couple beats missing there were things where i was like well you guys took some shortcuts on this whatever yeah but from the reality of the world itself nothing is more in keeping with the reality we've seen than everyone being shocked to find out that nims grow bigger. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's and like, shocked. The the all-knowing, all-seeing agency at a certain point mm-hmm. becomes like inept yeah. and sh- shoddy in its operations. Uh it, it like Eiderdex, uh like Lake Bell gets like kidnapped, like black bagged at her son's playground, and then like she's just out. Just like saving rich. Well, yeah, they let her go stuff. once. Once uh, Lee's like, I'm gonna pretend I killed you, and then you can just go because the, yeah. it's out there now, so there's no point. Yeah, Which, and it's like, oh yeah, no one's, no one, no one's, no one's. See, there's no paper trail of her. Like, it's not like she has like a credit card ping. It's like this is like the most advanced sub, like, like government agency imaginable yeah. like government adjacent and they're like oh yeah one guy saying she died should keep her off the radar she's gonna do the most publicly compromising things possible but you no know, she's dead yeah i wasn't actually like i mean that was from the other episode and and obviously like we would have found out in season i i didn't know genuinely if he was faking her death or if he was just like whatever i'm just gonna tell him i let you go because there's no point anymore like i just couldn't right right and that was and which sucks because lee was such a good menacing figure and then all of a sudden it's like well yeah like, what's going it's like it's a little bit of the La Brea issue of like, uh-huh. wait, we can't. Are we moving on to a different big bad? Because I liked the one you guys set us up with. He was good. Yeah. Can we stay yeah, with Lee him? Yeah, he was really. Lee was very effective. He was so effective. He was menacing. He was incredibly handsome. Like, give me that's yep. all I want from a bad guy. There seemed to be like like we were. It was very 
like deliberately given to us that he seems to like I think his wife is deaf and he signs with her yeah like it was like how is like this home life is gonna factor in somehow like what is how did he meet his wife like what is this thing because it humanizes him Mm -hmm. in this way that's like well surely this is gonna mean something like and it doesn't and yeah it it like you know, bring back Surface because, you know, we need on Peacock both La Brea and Surface airing new episodes at the same time. I can't imagine a programming I'd like more. Yeah. No. I mean, a Disaster Girls epic double. Yeah, give us the, you know, the like must-see TV, must-destroy TV. Give it to us, please. N- must-destroy TV. Natalie Z, cross epic crossover event. Natalie Z and Surface? Yeah. Come on. So, I mean, that was, you know, it's funny because they have the... In in the I think it was episode like thirteen or something when we get the backstory from Martha Plimpton, uh-huh. and I there's like I don't I think it was like an archaeopteryx or something. There, he there's some sort of prehistoric I don't I think it was an archaeopteryx like a prehistoric reptile. And we learn you know as we've learned obviously the sea monsters involve use some DNA from ancient reptiles. Yeah, we're not too far from a company creating a time travel device. No, that, not like, at all. This could be in the that megalomaniac same continuity. The megalomaniac dad of Mr. La Brea, the husband, what's his name? Why am I forgetting? Gavin? Gavin. Yeah, Gavin's like, dad. The, Gavin's dad yeah. being a big bad in Surface would make complete sense. Yeah, absolutely. Could show up at any time. The Harris family would slot perfectly in this. The Harris family lives next door to Miles's family. The Harris family is looking at Miles's family and is like, wait, you don't know where your children are all the time and have extremely all close relationships with all of them? What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah. Hold on. we You haven't parentified any of your kids? <laughs> yeah. Our daughter has thoughts on the state of our marriage and my affair. So. Yeah. Yeah. She will not let me. She will not let me not talk to her about anything. It's a problem. Yeah. So it's. But you know what? Take our son, Josh. Take Josh. <laughs> Josh. You know who Josh, Josh? Savannah. Savannah would hate Josh. And Josh would absolutely Josh. think he's entitled to Savannah. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. And so, no. And, and Savannah would fit right in. Dr. Lake Miles Bell. Miles would have a crush on, Miles would have a crush on, on Izzy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Dr. Lake the Bell. Pretty tall neighbor girl. Mixed in with the Harrises would love that. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, this, this is, oh my God, now I just want this. As far as the, and as far as reality next goes, the one true pairing of the show being Rich and Laura's platonic devotion to one another. I was gonna, just yes. like, I was so worried at the very end when she rescues him, that she, she flies across the right. country to rescue him from oblivion and, and being like, I am taking the chance that like, I may never see my son again. Because, like, she, she's been let go by Lee, but then she's going to an Iderdex facility to break out Rich? Well, that's going to put her back on the fucking radar real quick. Yeah. And-, and But, like, when they meet and they embrace finally once again, and there's not a single consideration of a kiss, no. I was so happy. I loved when he, when she calls, when she gets on the phone with Rich, and she's like, I'm coming to save you. His yeah. response was so fucking Dukes a Hazard. Oh my, at a girl. Yeah. At a girl. girl. It was great. It was like, I was, they're, it was exactly. Twins. At this point, they're twin, yeah. they're fraternal twins. That's the perfect read on that relationship. You're right. They are, yeah. they are fraternal twins who are just really fucking good friends who just like really like each other. Yeah. And he's like the kind of, he's kind of the fuck up. Yeah. 
And she's she's a fuck up like him, but was is just way smarter. So she went on to be like a scientist. Yeah. But they're both they both make the worst choice. Yeah, they're both dirtbags. But like yeah. they are dirtbags with hearts of gold and you yep. really like each other. And yes, Dr. Lady scientist like Bell, like got multiple PhDs and things. But yeah. equally a dirtbag fuck up. And in part, she like stayed in academia because like the real world didn't like super make sense to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a life of research and science, like that made sense to to Dr. Laura in the way that like Rich is just kind of a, Rich is just kind of a country bumpkin dirtbag. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like a safer environment for her and she doesn't have to yeah. like technically, she has a boss, but like the boss is just as much on the spectrum as she is. So like she doesn't have yeah, to really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not like trying to navigate the, you know, she doesn't have to interview and pretend to be a real human the way that, no. like, she would absolutely, yeah. I mean, when we, in the early stage, in the early episodes when she's working at that restaurant. Yeah. Remember? And she's like, when, when we find out the calamari stuff and she's working at the restaurant, could just as easily have been the restaurant that um, Jennifer Lawrence works at in, um, what's it called? No Hard Feelings. Oh, okay. Like, okay. I could yeah. also see Dr. Lake, Dr. Lake Bell rollerblading because her car has been repossessed. <laughs> to get oh, to yeah. her seaside restaurant job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rollerblading because her car has been repossessed. And, like, and yeah, like she can have five PhDs and that's still going to be Dr. Laura. Yeah. And Rich is just like, I just drink and fish with my buddies and I sell insurance to keep it all together. Yeah, yeah. And like, well-meaning guy uh, wouldn't want any girl you know to be his wife. Because then she's carrying the burden of adult child rich. And then, of course, he has his tearful, like, apology to his wife on the phone when he's like, I love you. I love the girls. I'm sorry if I upset you. It's like, yeah, you and Lo- you and Dr. Laura are making the same calls to your loved ones right now because you're the same. Yeah, they, you are both just t- two deeply, deeply broken brained people. Yeah, I do. I'm going to hold that that is their relationship now. Their fraternal. Love it. That's Rich and Laura. Yeah, that works. That absolutely works. That is. And like, even without that being textual, it's just so their dynamic. And I love, I agree. It's so their dynamic. I just love that that hasn't changed. I love that every step along the way that doesn't change. When they're in the car. Not a bit. And, you know, so Rich has gotten, you know, first didn't believe in terms of reality index. I did not believe for a second. Rich would not have knocked in any of those car windows and then just hot wired the car. Yeah. Like he's running around and they're like trying car doors and now the car doors are open. And he's like, I guess looking for one car that's been left with the key in the ignition. And it's like, no, come on, dude. I know you can hotwire that car. Whatever. Fine. So they get Miles and they're like, you guys get in the backseat. Rich drives. Laura's in the front seat. And the reactions that both Laura and Rich have to Nim in the backseat are so, because Rich obviously is like freaking the fuck out, wants to, Rich is going to punch it in the face. Yeah, kill it with hammers. Yeah, Laura is a mix of, like, amazed and delighted and a little bit of Werner Herzog's, like, it's a baby. Like, there's a little (laughs) bit of that, everything. And she's just, like, fascinated and delighted. And it's just, like, it's the her response is the way if I got into a car and Baby Yoda was in the backseat. Yeah, yeah. And so, I did, and I, like, I love the different dynamics of the two of them. Also did love, at the end, like, just a small thing, but watching Nim scamper. Made me so happy. Nim just scampering. Nim, Nim scampers, scampers quite a bit in this episode. It is, I, I, I really liked this episode. Yeah. I, this is a fun episode because like, even though it's, even though it, it's Miles centric, it's like, 
it's not Miles whining about something. He's doing stuff. He's trying to get Caitlyn, but he's not like being annoying. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can go with this person on like a rescue mission. Um, the tsunami is an exciting thing. Laura rescuing Rich is always fun. Uh, you know, doctor guy going crazy in the Eiderdex facility, making an infinity symbol around his own shoes. Oh my God. It's like, when, okay. When they're, when they're in the, trying to get out of the Eiderdex facility and they hear like haunting laughter. Yeah. And Rich's response is, it's okay, it's a person. And I'm like, Rich, we just learned an episode ago that that's never yeah. true. That's, like, that's, it's that's never okay and it's never a person. Yeah, it, and you were just attacked by a chimp that could mimic the sounds of a human little girl. Yeah. So that's, I don't, in, in, in a facility of the same company that you are in right yeah, now. Yeah, like, but I mean, for Rich, every day is he's he wakes up new. Like, Rich is, yeah. Rich is, is truly tabula rasa. But I, I did, like, as as we're hearing this voice, and there's no reason for that whole sequence, except that it's just None. like, oh, this is weird and haunting and kind of great. Into it. Love yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's just a tone. It's just a tone moment. It's a tone. It is a show that somehow thinks that it's going to have another season. It's a confidence, in a narrative yeah. confidence that I really appreciate. Yeah, narrative confidence that you can just, like, spend a scene on that. Yeah. That this is that we got this. It's cool. We can just delay with having Rich and Laura kill the momentum for two minutes so this guy can get a SAG card. And again, this is like the whole the whole episode is like this is the tsunami's gonna hit where our characters are in an hour. And just like the amount of like, guys, we are eating up precious minutes of this hour here. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's never, I mean, the speed at which an hour occurs varies widely depending on what kind of a show you're watching oh absolutely i mean in the the first season of game of thrones they spend the entire season one basically going to king's land yeah making like a a 40 mile drive yeah Yeah. and then and then every every season basically after that they're just they're fucking hopping all over yeah the seven realm the seven kingdoms at the blink of an eye it's like no okay fine yeah well i guess we don't have time to dilly dally anymore no and so an hour in surface takes four hours anywhere else just what it is yeah so the amount of time that people spent trying like attempting to or theoretically evacuating Mm -hmm. uh in in this episode that was like a whole ass day they had a whole ass day in that hour yeah it was i I, trying to judge time in surface is the opposite difficulty of trying to touch time in La Brea. Because in La Brea- Yeah, it is the inverse. Yeah, because in La Brea, they act like it's been forever and it's only been seven days. And in this show, they act like it's been seven days and it's been like three. And you're like, well, this is taken though. This is taking us a very long time. <laughs> taking us a very long time. For a thing that you're yeah, saying like is very it, urgent. If Izzy got back to class now in surface, in, in La Brea- uh, she could catch up on her homework. Right, right, right. She's been like, she's basically had like a bout of COVID. Yeah, no, she's been out of school for two weeks. And yeah. it's, you know, she, she's basically, this is her parents taking her on a, a long vacation. Versus yeah. on surface where they're like this, everyone be like, wow, Miles, you're out of school yesterday. And we'd all be like, but it's been 17 weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've had an entire school year. Yeah. But in, the, in that was always that was always a, a really smart move on the behalf of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, was each season until the time jump was a half a school year. Yeah, that's always so. The move. It wasn't you didn't hit the like oh they're graduating what do we do now question for like a solid four four or five seasons. Yeah, and that was also like 
the half a school year thing also lends to, I mean, having, I've still never seen it, but just, it really does lend to the like, man, this is some fucking banana shit happening to these girls in a very compressed time period. Like in a very, yeah. The things that happen between going back to school and the Halloween train episode, the Halloween episodes, these kids are never recovering from one bout of that and they have to do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And that works for that vibe. <laughs> it really does. And they all, they, they like, you know, and they just keep looking like more glamorous twenty late twenty somethings Ugh. in high school. It's great. Well, that was the the era of of ABC Family doing like daytime. Oh my god, daytime sequins. Such <laughs> yeah. a such a moment. Lucy Hale carrying that fucking banner. Oh my god! On on behalf of Pretty Little Liars, daytime daytime sequins. I used to do fashion recaps, and I was covering the Lion Game at the time. And oh wow! Like, there had to have been a lot of daytime sequences. It was in Greek. nothing, but oh no! And like Greek, Greek, it was pretty low. Greek was not because Greek was like normal teens or not like normal. Yeah, college. Okay. Like, Greek was supposed to feel grounded, whereas yeah, okay. the Lion Game was <laughs> never supposed to feel grounded, and there was nothing <laughs> but daytime sequences. It was constant and unrelenting. Just going out tops in the middle of the afternoon all the time, every single. <laughs> Every teenager attended high school in full heels. <laughs> yeah, that that era of like I can't wait until Gen Z sees this and is like, oh, that's how people dressed in the two thousands, and we all have to be like, Haha. no, that's how they dressed teenagers on television in the two thousands. That's how the, yes, that that's how they dressed like the CW right. people. We all wore four polo shirts layered. Totally different situations, guys. Yeah, watched I watched a movie last night that um was from. 2010 mm -hmm. and when i saw a character walk out in a double layers of polos i was like oh those days yeah. can we just i mean like <laughs> dr lake bell running through hallways looking for rich in a fabulous long in a fucking duster i was gonna yeah that trench like that duster and the skinny scarf oh my god you can't you know, be was... on television if you're not wearing a skinny scarf in the 2000s i was watching i was watching sorority row mm -hmm. Uh, I always forget whether that movie came out in 2007 or 2009, but one of the two. Um, I was watching that with a a twenty early 20-something the other day. And I was like, oh, if we loved one thing in the 2000s, it was a belt that did nothing. Oh, yeah. A fabric belt? Not through the loops. Just hanging off your hips with a skinny scarf. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely zero function fashion. Yeah. Ooh, a, a, like a macrame belt dangled with, like, tassels that dangled that tassels. you would then have to maneuver around the toilet. Yeah. Yep. We love it. Yeah. I still yeah. have. Yeah. I we love it. I know I still have in my like cold weather box that I have from New York. I know I've still got skinny scarves in there because I absolutely like bought one or in two. In New York, a skinny scarf when it is legitimately cold. So here's the thing is I never wore it. I just bought what it. What would have done? Because where was I going to wear it? It's a fucking yeah, skinny scarf. You would wear that in the fucking summer. Yeah, yeah. You wear that in the spring. Yeah, and I wasn't, I've, I've never been confident in fashion enough to be like, I'm going to wear a look. So instead yeah, I would just yeah. buy, I bought it because I was like, I saw this on television and people wear the skinny yeah. scarf on television. And then I wore it, I got it and I was like, I, I'm not going to wear this with a tank top and jeans, which is how they style <laughs> it on television. I will look insane. Yeah, exactly. Which is how they style it on yeah. television. But I mean, like I can, I can so perfectly see the outfit I would have worn that with, which is like, a double layered tank. One of them is white, and then uh -huh. skin, and then like your belt, your your flare boot cut jeans. Yeah, and then flat ironed hair with big yep. chunky highlights. I know exactly. Chunky highlights. I know the Amanda who could have worn this. I just never was that Amanda. 
I obviously that was like the such the look when when we were in like our our teens and early twenty somethings. And there was I will shout out. I will give her name. I will, Emily Rife. Um, Emily Rife had like she just had mastered that look so like obviously all the girls had it on, but Emily Emily was very tall, very lithe. Yeah. And just like her, I just so when I think of that, I conjure her specifically, the the bootcut jean, the duster that was like cream knit. Oh my god! Uh, with the with the obviously the double layered tank top underneath, and she had like the perfect like square toed cowgirl boot. I, I mean, she what fucking for? and she had like the like she has like black hair almost, and she had like a like thick blonde highlights. She had that look so nailed. Shouts out to you, Emily Rife. You really crushed yeah. it. You were doing it. You were doing it like it was meant to be done in the aughts. The eyebrows, I, I imagine the eyebrows must have been very thin and wide spaced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. God. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I've uh, taken to a, uh, a holiday tradition of when I go home for Christmas. Uh, Emily, now uh, we are in our late 30s. I'm 38. Uh, we're same age. And she's started having uh, Christmas parties annually at her house. And my God. What a, like, what a warm reunion every year that is to go. I'm so happy to revisit CHS every year at Emily's beautiful country home. Yeah. Just get, you know, revisit, look at the photos, think, man, I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that we're not doing any of that anymore and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, the look. And I, it's, and it's, I love seeing it when I go back home still, like around Canby, seeing the people for whom that stayed the right. Because that's definitely a contingent. Yeah. And just like, look at you, still doing it. Still going, you know what? Buckle still has you covered. Oh, I mean, like, if if stores started selling long, thin shirts again, like thin material <laughs> yeah. shirts, I would 100% thin. go back to... to Gossamer. Yeah, I would go back to that. I would absolutely go back and to layering. I loved it. Leighton Easter would look as good in it now as she did then. Absolutely. No one can pull it off like Leighton. <laughs> oh god yeah my greatest my greatest like, curse is that the, my torso was never as long as i needed it to be in order to pull off that look like you have to have a long ass torso for it you have to have a you have to have a long torso or you've got to be thin enough to make it work anyway right right right. like hanger yeah you, just yeah. a hanger with clothes on you yeah no but yeah there's room for there's room for like a body type in the 2000s yeah yeah there was oh <laughs> yeah. well, i mean that's not totally because like the 2000s I, we're getting anyway because I, I go into a whole rant about how the 2000s were much more forgiving for me versus the era we're in now in terms of fashion but we don't need to get into that the really? point is is that that's fascinating yeah well because it was such a violent era of fashion in yes that way. but now it's so much more performative that interesting okay like the current trend of everything is huge to show off how skinny you are like that's why we're seeing all these teens running around in like giant baggy jeans a crop top that then like is Is a baggy crop yeah it's so to show how skinny you are oh that would never i mean because like i'm not a bit but like i was never because like there's a category of like girl that's like like just just like a giraffe yeah just all skin and bones that was never me no even being at my even my littlest like i'm a little compact person yeah so like that was like i was never that little girl who ran around and like just she's six years old and she just got little twigs in her leggings running her in her little pink stretch pants like that was never that was never me no 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 i've always been like a a tiny tank of a child yeah, like, I'm a little bear. Yeah, me like like my mom. We're like we're little working people. I'm a little bear. exactly. Yeah, some people just 
I've got shtetl body, and that's just what it is. <laughs> I I have a body that shtetl was shtetl is such an incredible. I love word. the word shtetl. Yeah, you just you got you know sometimes you just have the build of somebody who was meant to plow it like to because you can't afford oxen was meant to pull the ox cart through the fields and this is how we survive. That's just what I would have been very highly those prized. Little, those little those little Taylor Swift. 14-year-old, no. they're not pulling shit. No, they they were meant for a life of, you know, the courts and being in yeah. the in England. And I was meant to be in a potato field in Russia, so. Yeah, maybe they did fine tasks like sewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like g- lovely garments. Yeah, but they definitely, and, and those, anyway, I don't even, we should really get back to surface. <laughs> The 2000s, the just 2000s, bring this out. I know. It's like, and there's just like, and like, uh, what's more, one of the most odds moments in this whole show is, of course, Lake Bell running around in that dust. I mean, it and, is. And, and how Lake Bell looks in those bootcut jeans. Oh, but wait, is this, did this episode tip us off? Is Jackson part of the conspiracy? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we get back. Is that what we see on that screen? So Jackson, so that, well, that would that's one of the great unanswered questions is, was Jackson brought in? Mm-hmm. Is Jackson a clone? Because that's a possibility. We know now that they have it's, cloning it is, technology. It is a possibility. Is he there? It, like he has that little thing yeah. on this. Because like there's four faces on on some screen in the facility yeah. that Rich gets brought into, and he says like something something chief. Like he seems to have a title yeah. next to him. And we haven't. So he see. It's like wait, is he part of the organ? Is he part of Iderdex? Yeah, and I mean like it could have been that he. We just what we don't know is did this happen? Were they the ones? You know, there was a there was a gunfight, and so yeah. was that them? Was he in the organization to begin with? Which I have to assume, no. That doesn't seem right, like Jackson's right. vibe. But also joining... Doesn't seem like it. And also joining that organization doesn't seem like Jackson's vibe. So was this uh-uh. voluntary? Is he doing, like... I I would... I I think we could have gotten a whole other thing with Jackson next season that could have been really fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll never know now. I mean, I'm choosing yeah. to believe that what we probably would have gotten was, like, Jackson who has been slightly brainwashed or something somehow. And then like mm-hmm. Lake Bell brings him back around and then he rejoins, he like flips and rejoins the team. But I have to assume we were going to get some evil Jackson for a little bit. What- yeah, because Jackson's like clearly a longtime person in Laura's life. Yeah. And it's not like they, unless they handpicked her to put her in the middle of this crisis. Yeah. Conspiracy theory, uh, big machinations. Like, the Jackson being a plant that was long gaming Dr. Laura maybe discovering one day or being shoved into the path of yeah. the sea creatures is like, I don't think so. Right. But as we've seen from La Brea, logic doesn't need to happen in order to make so something true. work. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think that it's very believable that Jackson and from like everything we've learned about the big evil company, about how like Martha Plimpton essentially had to give everything up and like, you know, uh-huh. I, I have to assume that like, no, he wasn't working for them previously, but then yeah. he's going to be working for them now. Um, you know, there's so many unanswered questions in the show. What the fuck was going on with Rich's brother? Like why do why was is Rich really having a break or is there like is his brother on the bottom of the ocean? Do you think it would have? Do you think we would eventually found out that his brother's still alive? Because the way they kept going back yeah. to that, it was like it just felt like we were setting up that they were faking out that we saw him enough times to where like when we finally saw him, it was going to be like holy shit! All those times we thought we saw him, he was there. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. I don't know. Like I have no idea how they were going to bring him back. I don't know what context within what world they would have but yeah i 100 yeah. percent think we were going to see rich's brother again i don't think that was going to get like hand waved away i think that was something that they were definitely going to that would have been 
such a that would have been such a specific thing to keep touching on. Yeah. For them just to be like, no, no, all along, no, no. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things like we we've seen what happens when they want to write somebody out, which is Bill. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't do there that with Phil. Like they could have, or they didn't do that with Rich's brother. You're right? They, they could kept have dropped... bringing back a dead character, yeah. and Phil disappeared. Yeah, I mean the the filler episodes that we get of them on the bottom of the ocean, and he's wow. there, and that was halfway through the season. So maybe yeah. maybe he would have fallen by the wayside in season two. Who knows? But I have to assume. Mm. And again, this is why I'm saying what I needed was the series Bible because I yeah. know this ship was in there. Oh, it's gotta, it's gotta be, in, be in there. Like what Caitlin was gonna do in season two, I don't think that was in there. But I think in their original roadmap for the show, which is what the series Bible is, which is like mm-hmm. this is our roadmap. Which is like how you get the show bought. Exactly. Like you, you have to be able to answer seasons worth of questions down the line yeah. when you are pitching a show to get them to agree. Cause like they're not just buying one season. Yeah. They're they're getting a seat, but like it's like we're investing in this because well at least used to be yeah now, this this is how it like it's different done. now but like how it, it would have like, worked at the time yeah where are we where is this show five seasons in prove to us that you know where this is going yeah JJ yeah or like what is your you know what is the the driving mechanism of the show there's like so much that I do think that they probably at least sort of hand waved answers to initially that might have changed sure. over time but I don't care what the change over time was. I just want to know what the original vision was. I want to know what... That's why it blows my mind that people make television. Because, like, that that people... Because it's like, wait, when you start a show, and it makes total sense that you would, you got to know all these answers? Yeah. Oh, no. That's simply too far. Well, you have to know, like, that's some of them. You don't have to know all of them. But you have to know enough. You do. You got to know enough. Yeah. It just... It's incredible... The amount of unpaid work. Oh, yeah. In in the industry generally. But, like, the, specifically the unpaid work that goes into making a show that could be viable for purchase and production is, like, man, you had to build an entire world and you weren't even at work yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's, this is why TV. And that was when people wanted to have multi-season, networks wanted to have multi-season shows. Yeah, and this is, that was back when networks were like, yeah, we want you to write 22 episodes. This was a 15-episode order, and that was a short season for the show. Short season. Like, 15 Mm -hmm. episodes in 2006, 2007 was a short season. That was, I mean, other than, like, the only thing I can think of that was shorter was the six-episode run for The Office on NBC that same year. Oh, right. No, they would have been 2005, 2006. Then 06, 07 was their second season, I think. And going going back to to PLL for that, I remember when the the girls were doing – their like begs their exit interviews like the whole like farewell tour yeah. for the show in the press and <clears throat> i remember like there was a there's a van i think it's a vanity fair interview where they get asked like it's all of them in, on video and i they did the same thing they get asked the same thing in our in our interview we did with them for vulture uh that Devin ivy did and like they get asked like so what about this plot point what about this plot oh point? my god and in multiple venues multiple outlets i they give the each of like one or multiple of them gives the answer 26 episodes is a lot. Yeah. You um you got to come up with something. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Like just it like it, it became an answer it was just like, "Hey man, you had a lot of time to fill." Yeah. So, sometimes you just got to have a fucking idea and run with it. And I was like, "I love that as an answer. That is a perfect It's a perfect answer, answer. Like, and listen. that's a fair answer. Not everything the so fair. I I think the worst thing that's happened to like 
our media literacy and the way that we watch and enjoy things is that we've moved from like a narrative focus of just like, tell me the story and I will take it in to everything is an Easter egg that you have to solve. Oh my fucking God. I can't stand it. Yeah. And like, I, that makes me, I hate that. I hate that approach to narrative. And also that's how you end up being like, well, that's a plot hole. And it's like, no, sometimes they're just things that you test out. And then you're like, fuck, I don't want to keep running with this as a storyline. And that's why like, I can't take it. Like there are things in La Brea that I'm going to feel unsatisfied that I never got an answer on like the Spanish gold or, but that's because it's like, (laughs) that's a version of the story that I think was really interesting that I still have questions of like, well, where did you guys intend for that to go? But I yeah. don't think the narrative is incomplete because those weren't answered. And I think those are a I distinction. Think that's so, I think that's that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. So it's like the idea that, you know, these that if I if I had had all the pieces, I could have solved the narrative and figured out the answers. It's like, well, no, that's not how we should be watching these things. And it's going to be unsatisfying if that's how you think that everything you watch is something that needs to be puzzled out and solved versus a story that you get to enjoy. Yeah. That being said, yeah, it does make me fucking crazy that their questions were never going to get answers to on surface, but not because I think that it's like, not again, because it's somehow going to reveal and make the story make sense. But just genuinely, I'm like, I just want to know what the fuck they were trying to say. Yeah. I'm just so curious. Did they, you know, were, why, why do these monsters exist to me is like, yeah, I need that answer in my life. Yeah. It is unfinished to me. Did them? I think like there's less. I I think that there's less ambiguity watching it a second time now and like binging it basically to be like okay, I can kind of see the pieces that these monsters are genetically engineered, mm-hmm. but it seems that from the the video we saw from the 1950s, the electric lily plant thing yeah. seems to be from space. Okay, so. That, I guess, could tie in with, like, the meteor shower that we saw in the first, one of those early episodes when it's like, why is the meteor shower, what does that have to do with anything? Why are you guys setting this up? Or that could have just been a thing they set up because they thought it looked cool and they're never going to bring it back up again. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that if I could get the answers of, all right, so that's not a thing, so what was? And like you said, like, pace of viewing makes things so different. Yeah. Like, I remember when I watched Lost... Uh, I didn't watch until the last season aired. Yeah. And then everybody was watching it and we were covering it heavily at Wired. And so it was like, okay, I I guess I better watch the show. I will binge everything before the final season starts. And issues that people had as it went later and longer, Mm -hmm. I noticed didn't even chart with me because I was watching everything back to back to back to back to back. I watched five seasons in just like three weeks, I think. Yeah, that's basically how and, I did it. Yeah. Yeah, just like going nuts on yeah. it. And um, so then I could, and that, that it felt so, it was so different. And I'd never really, I had never really shotgunned a show like that. Yeah, I think that, and that then for watching most people, week, Lost was probably the first thing that anybody really binge watched, I think is a fair statement. It felt like you needed to be, it felt like you suddenly needed to yeah. know how the show was going to end. And we then had the ability it was the first to one. cram watch something. Yeah, it was the first, because you could watch them all on ABC.com. There, it wasn't streaming. You, you had to go on to, because I mean, it was during the, I started watching during the right, the 07 writer strike. Right. Because there was nothing to do, because I was working as a TV right, assistant. Right. And so there was literally nothing to do except sit at my desk every day. So I just binge watched for three weeks the entirety of, because it was announced that Lost was going to end. And so, therefore, everyone was like, well, if we have an end date, that's going to be a cultural event. And I think, like, that is probably one of the last collective, I think it's maybe the only collective monoculture 
true monoculture binge. Because that's when we felt like because everyone. It, yeah, because it was like, well, we're, and then we're, then we're all going to watch it together. Yeah. Like, we're all going to, like, we're going to be in watch parties yeah. watching Lost every week. I think a lot of people were. Yeah. And I, it was so different. I mean, obviously, but I was shocked at how mu- many more questions I had watching week to week than back to back to back to back. Like, things that might have been gaps. Yeah. Things that I might have been bothered by. Had I been watching the show week to week, it just was a fucking blur binging the whole show. And so then watching it unfold slowly, I was like, but wait, what about this? And wait, what about this? And I, it didn't, it wasn't that one experience was better or worse. That was just like watching something like Surface. You watch that first episode and then 15 weeks later, by the, you're not really thinking about the meteor shower anymore. Yeah. But if you binge watch it, it's like, hey, what about that meteor shower I just watched earlier this week? Yeah, it's... That would have been four months down the road. Yeah, there's no... I mean, like, we... I know that, like, because I was on message boards about it. And so, like, that was something that Mm -hmm. we would all sit and talk about was, like, wait, what the fuck with that? But, like, only because of the collective memory of a message board. But otherwise, yeah. Right. You're not... It's good. It's so long ago. They might have done reruns over the winter break, but you weren't watching those. Like, eh. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, you're not gonna... There was, I mean, it's the same thing as, again, the this the gap between episodes 14 and 15, where, like, we go from it being date nighttime and there's a mob and Savannah is home to it's daytime and the family is casually packing up the house and Savannah is missing. It's yeah. just, it's a different, it's such a different way of viewing television. Yeah, it's like, oh, Savannah, like, you watch it like this, it's like, oh, Savannah was just here. And then with the gap, there's a bit more of a like. You don't remember what happened. Something week to could week. have happened with like so they could Savannah could have made a decision in the meantime. It's 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 almost like it. It's almost like it feels like more time has passed in the characters' lives in addition to your own life. Yeah, and let's be real. You Instead also, of like we're all here right now, minute to minute, aren't we? But also, you're taking the calculated risk on that. That's like, is anybody gonna remember that Savannah was in the last episode when she doesn't <laughs> like? And you exactly because no, she wasn't late in Meester at the time, so she was just some random yeah. girl. Like, so no, no one was noticing that Savannah was missing between episodes because there was a week and we all had lives. Yeah. And, and like, and with, with the, you know, with Phil disappearing from the show, at this point, Phil's been gone for ages. But like, we've been watching this in close succession. So it's like, hey, where the fuck is Phil? Phil was just here. But now it's like, but you watch it back, you go week to week in the original airing, and it's kind of like, oh, I guess Phil just faded out of the timeline. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, anybody got eyes on Phil? No. Nah. Just saw that guy. Where is that guy? Right. Like, we're we're still hung up on Phil because we've been living with Phil in our hearts, but... We've been living with Phil and all of his redheaded siblings in our <sighs> hearts. I hope that all of those redheads made it, made it. I know. I hope all those... I they could have, like, Beasleys. put five people in redhead wigs on the fucking ferry. That's all I'm saying. That would... <laughs> would have been so good like just like oh there's phil's family yeah they they made it thank god something have miles wave at them and like the family waves back yeah like that that would have been nice i want to know that all the phil's made it out i do too but i i just have to (laughs) i kind of feel like i have to assume at this point phil's family made them like they all picked up and moved because yeah, like, like you they, they had to get their they had to get their son away from his bad. That's my friend. thing is like you just can't trust him around that person. Like you just can't. They were like, we need a fresh start. It's gotten too crazy here. Like we're we're taking the kids and going to my sister's kind of situation. Yeah, that's it, we're buying we're buying a house in the in New England. That I have to assume that that's Phil's subplot. 
Like, that's why we never <laughs> yeah. saw Phil again. That's why we didn't see, didn't see Phil at school. Like, I don't think we even saw him at school when Miles was, like, getting bullied and then electrocutes the guy. Like, Phil, Phil No, I think you're right about that. As soon as Caitlin entered the frame, they were like, well, F- Miles can only pay-, pay attention to one person at a time, so I guess Phil's got to go. Yeah, that, and that's just true. I, I mean, if nothing and- else, Phil would have probably looked at him and like, um, aren't you, like, 27? And that would have just yeah. <laughs> ruined it for everybody. <clears throat> yeah, that was the conversation that happened in the background that led to Phil's ultimate departure was him being like, I'm not really comfortable with this adult who's hanging around with you all the time. <laughs> she keeps showing up at school. Like, why does she do that, man? I don't know, dude. I mean, you keep telling her you're not interested. I think she's sexually harassing you. And I, I'm going to have to yeah. remove myself from this situation because it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, like, you told me how she just, like, showed up in your room and closed the door and was really suggestive with you. And I don't know, man, like... I feel like I need to do, I feel like I need to report her. Yeah. And like that, the only reasonable explanation is that he got himself out of the situation entirely. And you know what? Good for Phil. <laughs> Phil, Phil finally listened to reason. Yeah. I mean, the dark and- version of that is that Phil's parents weren't lawyers like Miles's and Phil's in jail. Because yeah, he did also true. commit multiple crimes with Miles. Yeah, that is that is totally a possibility that the reason Miles got off is because Miles' dad threw Phil to the fucking wolves. Yeah, you can't trust him. He's a ginger, and that was all that it took in North Carolina. Yeah, they were like they they, they were like, well, we need someone to punish for this, and they were. He was like, I've got a poor kid. For exactly. You. So that's the only reasonable explanation, otherwise. But I, yeah, I, I think pref- that that unfortunately, I think might. Be I it. prefer to think that he Phil escaped, but I think that Phil's in jail. Yeah, yeah, I think Phil's being tried as an adult. Oh, yeah. So I guess, like, you know, do you think, are there, what were the what were the questions you have? What would you, in season two, have wanted to see? Like, where, now that we're looking at the end of Surface, where do we go from here? What do you take with you from this? I think, I, I, I would have, I, I, yeah, I want to know why, like, because we never did get the why they created the monsters. Yeah. It's really left it, like, because they could. And it's sort of like, eh, I don't really buy that. Like, it's got to be military. Like, it's got to be something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I, Rich's brother. Rich's brother is one that I would have loved to have at least officially know that they're going to, like, seen another season to know, like, oh, they totally left that in season one and we're never going to touch it again. Or be like, oh, wow, they keep coming back to this and now they're going to give me an answer about it. Um, I feel like at a certain point, they would have had to have brought Laura into whatever the organization is yeah. to like make her part of the, like she's been on the lamb. She knows more than anybody else. And now we've gone too far and we need all the hands on deck. We can get to stop this. I would have wanted so much more Martha Plimpton. Yeah. I would have wanted, but like, should we, are we to assume that she died? Yeah. I think they killed her. They killed I think her? they killed. Yeah. I think, I think that like in the flashback episode we got and then she, yeah, I think they killed her. When he, she, cause like she says the thing of like, can I like contact my family? Yeah. And they're like, of course. Um, and like, and tell them what, yeah. like I'm about to be killed. I mean, she turns <laughs> her back and to contact her family and they put a bullet through her head. Let's like, let's be, let's be realistic about how that goes down. Cause you say, yeah, of yeah. course you can. But like, are we really working with honor here once you're doing like a corporate murder? Yeah. And like, uh, her, her reaching out to her family to say, I'm never going to speak to you again. Doesn't feel like a t- closing a loose end. Well, I mean, yeah, um, I, she probably left as bad of a voicemail as Lake Bell did. So I, I feel like a thing that I take with me is I, I would, I, I like, I really enjoy, uh, basically like sci-fi channel level television and which is what this is to me. 
and what La Brea is to me. Yeah. Just fun. Yeah. Just fun science fiction stuff with monsters and creatures and time travel. Like, I wish we could all gather around the hearth, the TV set, and just enjoy absurd middle-class television together. Yeah. As a society. I I agree. This is why, like, this is why I've enjoyed La Brea so much. Because it is such a feeling of early 2000s television where it's low stakes it but it really in, feels like early 2000s so, tv it is this the, they this would be a great back-to-back you know programming this feels like a like in the way that, that there was it was sci friday on fox yeah. with terminator sarah connor chronicles back-to-back with dollhouse oh, yeah. whoa um this would have been like a great fucking tuesday night la brea surface back-to-back yeah they are they're absolutely spiritual same audience same audiences it's just it's easy it's fun it's stupid but like in a way that's benign give us that it's why I do like I'm not I I fell off at a certain point but it's why I like I was for a while watching Billions at the same time I was like catching up on Billions at the same time I was watching Succession and I like Succession is obviously like you know highly crafted television but I always enjoyed watching Billions more because Billions was like the CBS version of Succession. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, I don't think all TV has to be prestige TV. Yeah. Obvi- but like, even like Yellowstone, it like, yeah, maybe that's the show that the Heartland watches. But that's also like, that's also like TV that's shot to look like a movie kind yeah. of thing. Like that, that's not, that's not a, like a Chuck Lorre production. That is, that is like cinema- sweeping like it's a nighttime soap yeah but it looks like expensive tv this isn't yeah. this isn't just like oh we're 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 playing we're playing the fastball down the middle lowest common denominator for our middle america viewers no no it's a tyler sheridan show it has money behind it it has star power in it like this is a kevin costner vehicle and i just i you know i would like it if the the it would be great if, like, the biggest shows that people still could rally around weren't just, like, I mean, Big Bang Theory and Abbott Elementary are not the same, but they're feel-good shows. I wish we could all rally around fun fantasy sci-fi, like, like this. Yeah. Not, like, fantasy, like, Game of fucking Thrones, where it's, like, let's feel bad every week. What if we just engaged in cotton candy television with commercials? Yeah, I think there's, like, there's a degree to which people feel like television or any sort of entertainment, like, because I was thinking about this, because, you know, I am I'm rereading a lot of disaster movie scripts right now just to, like, figure out structure and things like that, because that's how I do research. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so funny, because, like, as you're reading, and these scripts are good, and they're fun, and you're just like, let it just be the, like, yeah, the science is going to be, I'm writing a disaster movie. The science is terrible. The science makes no yeah, sense. Right. <laughs> it makes me crazy from, like, a realist standpoint of, like, this is not science, and none of this makes sense, but just fucking... Go with it. The only reason (laughs) that any of us feel like with these prestige shows about succession or a prestige show about any of the industries that most of us don't work in. Yeah, yeah. The only reason that it feels prestige is because all of these people are saying this dialogue with absolute certainty and it's delivered (laughs) really well. And so we just assume that they all, it's like, oh, this is how it actually works. But like- Everything in Succession is just as unbelievable as everything in Surface. 
Oh, completely. That's not how any of this works. But we don't question that because there's like a gloss of prestige that therefore is like, well, even though it's ridiculous and unbelievable, we're never going to acknowledge that because it's intellectual. It's like, is it? Is it more intellectual yeah, yeah. on the surface? <laughs> Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who whose dad is a is like a bit like a business guy yeah. and he couldn't watch Succession because he was like that's not how any of this shit works. Like he's like, are you kidding me? Those stupid ass kids. Yeah. Like he was he he like couldn't suspend his disbelief enough to watch Succession. Well, that's like yeah. I mean, I feel like that's you know watching uh, Don't Look Up and then going oh wait does Adam McKay not know his ass from his elbow when it comes to anything involving climate science, because none of what they're talking, like, or not climate science, but like science communication, because nothing that's happening in yeah. this tracks with how science communication works. And yeah. then going, wait, does that mean the big short, which I thought was a fucking genius film might be yeah. disconnected from the reality of how finance works in those ways. <laughs> and it's just that I thought it was a really smart point. movie because I had zero basis of knowledge about that topic. Right. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, so I feel like that's, you know, the same thing happens with these these prestige shows, but because we're never going to own ranches in Montana, because we're never uh-huh. going to be billion dollar, own the heads of billion dollar companies, because of this, you can kind of budget and people think it's real and dramatic versus <laughs> yeah. like surface when everyone can go, well, that's fucking stupid. There's no way that there'd be sea monsters and no one would acknowledge it because I can self-insert and you know, yeah. if there were sea monsters and they were on the internet, I'd know about it. So I feel like that's right. The, yeah, you know, it's funny how we give less leeway to sci-fi to 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 <laughs> like completely suspend disbelief. We give less suspension of disbelief to sci-fi than we do to like prestige dramas. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah. I think that's very fair and silly. It's silly. It's not. And like it's the only people it hurts is us because we all yeah. the the universal thing is that whether or not people want I think this is the thesis of our podcast is that whether or not people want to publicly admit it most people fucking love disaster movies they're stupid they're fun they're loud mm-hmm. they're spectacle they ask almost nothing of no you. you just show up sometimes you have a really fucking emotional yeah. one and it's probably from Southeast Asia but otherwise you can watch a lot of films by Asylum. That are not going to ask anything of you. Yeah, and and when it does ask, and like even these movies, what they ask of you is essentially to live out the true idea of what, like to get really, to bring my BFA. Like this is the whole concept of the poetics and of the the mm. thesis behind all of, mo- uh, all of what Western culture considers storytelling is that mm. It gives people the opportunity to live out in a safe environment. You get the sense of, you get catharsis. You live through a mm-hmm. feeling of fear while watching a thing, knowing you're safe, and you get to work through that fear. Or mm-hmm. you get to experience joy or sorrow in a situation where you know you're safe, but you can experience those feelings, and then it gives you a, a sense of fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And we, we get that from disaster movies, which very much, again, as we've seen through the run of this show, we have seen time and again through the apocalypse we've been living through, people go back to these movies because it gives them a safe environment to live Seriously. out these fears. Yep. And so it's just... You get to play it all the way through to the yeah. end. There's so much uncertainty around everything, but you get to play this through to the yes. end. Yes. And so, like, let that happen. We should be encouraging that and being like, yeah, this is stupid, and but it's going to make you feel awe and stunned and small. And you're going to walk out of there being like, that was a great way to spend two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. And that's what it is. 
And I think that as a society, we'd be better served if we gave ourselves more grace for enjoying a Roland Emmerich movie or enjoying La Brea, which still, I mean, like, it's still shocking to me that more people watched the, I think it was the finale of Surface Mm -hmm. and still got canceled than, like, the premiere of La Brea. Like, the numbers are, I don't don't have the numbers anymore, but, like, let people enjoy these things. Let people enjoy the dumb, happy things that, like, make no sense but are fun as hell. And give them second seasons. And give them six seasons in a goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Or a surface movie now. Just, like, put it in the current time. Yeah. Bring back the cast. Carter Jenkins can totally be do like, this now. He'd be, like, yeah. the end of the sur- end of surface is, is Dr. Laura saying, like, the like the this is the new world. The world has changed forever. Give us ten years. Give us fifteen, sixteen, however many years we are in the future now from the end of the show, and bring back all of our cast mm-hmm. and be like, where are we ten years after the Nims took over? Yeah, I still do. I'm I'm having now seen Waterworld. I am fully like this is a Waterworld prequel. This is how the this is how the Small. sea levels rise, and this is how we end up with ear gills. I remember how i was that movie terrified me so much really? like the opening being like and then the ice caps melted i was like i was a, that was the fear yeah. of the ice caps melting and it consuming the entire world in the short term from me seeing that period of time in my lifetime and like i was sure it was going to become a water world yeah. i was sure what happened in that movie was going to happen and like the the fact the resources the engineering of that film, mm-hmm. my fucking god! Oh, we're gonna cover it. And I think like, I, I, I don't know how confirmed this mm-hmm. is, but it's like the 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 story is that they just basically sunk that atoll off the coast of like a Hawaiian island, and they just totally fucked it, um, which is insane. It's but, like, a, a the, bananas like, decision to make. But ev- yes, everything is happening in camera in that movie, and that is unfucking believable. Yeah, that's oh, god. It's it's one of the most ambitious. As far as I'm concerned, one of the most ambitious movies ever made. Yeah, I, 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 I we will, we will have, we're going to cover this with Liam, and I cannot wait because I'd never seen it before. Can't wait, and it's surprisingly good. It yeah, is, yeah, it is. Not deserved. Jean Triplehorn in that movie. Great. God, she is great. She's incredible. She's Jean fucking Triplehorn, man. Dennis Hopper. If there's one thing that guy's going to do, it's going to play a fucking weird character. Yeah. In a genre film. Like, is Dennis Hopper giving he a is, good performance? No, but is he giving a lot of performance? Absolutely. Dennis Hopper gives the biggest performances. Dennis Hopper is, like, King Koopa in the Super Mario Brothers movie. He is, like, the big bad in Land of the Dead zombie movie from the 2000s. Yeah. He is, he's the big bad in Waterworld. That guy is going to give you everything. Okay. want to keep an eye out. <laughs> that icky freak as we look into his empty empty eye eye socket socket. amazing the man in the oil in the base of the tanker begging for death Mm -hmm. oh thank god explodes fucking what fucking cinema that was all movies should aspire to be water world all right (laughs) i'm saying so i completely agree i think we it's this is the longest we've ever run on a surface episode, and we have covered everything yeah. from aughts fashion to Waterworld. So to what? It's true. Next wow. week, next week, uh, I've picked out for us five hundred mile per hour storm. A there tornado is. is hundred miles per hour. 
A hurricane is 150. This is something else. This is something else entirely. Um, and the key arc for it involves the Capitol Dome tipping into some sort of flooded water scenario. Because why not? Uh, uh-huh. When an energy, I'm gonna, ex- I'm gonna Google this right Please now. Please do. So it's I just can, it's one so of those it's at- one of those key arts that you're just like, oh, you just put all the things together. I was, you know what I was thinking as you said it? This sounds like a job for Casper Van Dien. And this is a fucking job for Casper Van Dien. That was what I was going to, that was what I was going to tell you next. It's a Casper Van Dien film. It is outstanding. When an energy experiment goes haywire, a rash of massive hurricanes rip across North America, a high school science teacher must get his family to safety before the hurricanes merge, creating a hypercane with the power to wipe the U.S. off the map. Hypercane? Yeah. He so that's Casper Van Dien is playing a high school science teacher, um, who's going to save. That's a this great family. one. He's looking a little little gray haired, little long haired in this. Yeah, great. I, I I mean you know look whenever we have an opportunity to highlight one of the greatest of the genre, how yep. can you not? Yeah. So I love that he keep gave he kept giving the people what they wanted when he when he was in his like peak disaster era. Oh yeah. He's I just the man the man shows up, collects a paycheck, and says you're welcome. And mm-hmm. I, I respect it. So yeah. that's what we got coming up next week, and that's available for rent on the streamings. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jorcrew, J-O-R-C-R-U. And weekly we have feeling seen episodes that come out we've recently had on mary herring we've had char uh uh yeah mary mary heron apologies mary heron char jossel um we you know go into the archives find a find fan of friend of this show paul feig great, great interviews on there just go check it out it's guys. a great podcast thank you you're welcome and then of course i'm amanda smith says on twitter i'm amanda smith on blue sky i'm never getting on threads because um my instagram life doesn't ever need to combine with my no. Tweeting life? Absolutely not. No. My ants are on Instagram. Why would I ever, ever post anything on Instagram that I want my ants no. to see? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like I. Uh, anyway, so I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm on Inst- on on Blue Sky, and then of course we are Disaster underscore Pod on Twitter. We're uh, Disaster Girls on Blue Sky as well, and we are Disaster Girls pod at gmail.com if you haven't already please take a few minutes to rate and review us give us those five stars and of course we have our merch site so disastergirls.myshopify.com uh mm-hmm. oh, jesse ferguson jesse ferguson i think is his name uh posted photos of himself looking absolutely fucking awesome in the disaster dad shirt like yeah the disaster dad he, i i didn't know that that shirt first of all just to like casually objectify a listener for a second like <laughs> Congratulations. It was Jesse. Congratulations, Jesse, on being the only person to ever make one of these shirts fit so well. Like, all right. Impeccable. The, the line on the shoulders, it's tight through the chest. Like, good job, dude. You look great in it. <laughs> well, si- well chosen yeah. on your size. Like, you just, you look good in it. And then on top of that, it also looks great. Mm-hmm. So get yourself some disaster gear. You know, there's so many unhinged things that I've put on there. So, <laughs> you know, I got myself a, a Muja Hive t- a crop top the other day and it is cropped. So if you- It is cropped. It is quite cropped. I mean, I don't know if that's because of my boobs as well, but it was like much more cropped. I'm, I got a factor in it. Well, my torso bit. is so short that normally a crop on me is like, okay, it's going to hit a little above my belly button. And this was like, uh-huh. oh no, <laughs> if I raise my arms, you get under boob. Like oh, this wow. is, okay. this is truly like, I look like I, 
chose took a child's t-shirt and decided to put it on. So the crops, I will say, quite short. Uh-huh. Okay. If that's your vibe though, go for this it. This is a crop for this is a crop to be worn for you. Like this is the look for that would be would be Sans bra because the point would be the underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would have to like this is yeah. this is going to be my sluttiest shirt I own and it has a giant three-armed crocodile on it. <laughs> well, that makes I sense. I mean, right? That just tracks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so disastergirls.myshopify.com for all of your disaster girls needs. Um, and then we'll be back next week with 500 mile per hour storm. See you then with Casper Van Dien.